Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. What's up, everybody? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Today is November 25th, 2017. I hope that you are all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you were able to take some time to relax, eat some good food, spend time with family, maybe watch some football. Most importantly, I hope that you all had a moment to find something in your life that you are grateful for and had some time to really reflect on that because I think that that is important. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, We're going to go in depth with something. Today, I'm going to break down the five-step process that I have used over and over and over again to create and grow and build a profitable online business. Before we do that, let me make one quick announcement. StodzyThemes.com is finally up. I know last episode I talked about it and uh, the development for for the website wasn't quite where it needed to be. But StodzyThemes.com is large and in charge. So what is Stodzy Themes? I'll break it down for you very quickly. What we have done is we have produced and created website templates that are on WordPress that make it affordable for a small business owner or maybe a solo entrepreneur to build and design their own customized WordPress website. Generally speaking, if you want to build a WordPress website from scratch, you're talking about at least $5,000 from design to development, some of the modifications that need to be made to fit your particular needs. If you can't afford that, you're stuck with what is, in my opinion, the lesser of the two options, which is a free drag and drop template, something like Wix or Squarespace. There's very little room in between for that small business owner, for that solo entrepreneur to be able to publish and produce a well-designed, customized WordPress website. Now you can. You go to stodgythemes.com, you pick out the theme that is best for you, you give us some of the customizations that you would like to make, and the good news is since we wrote the code and we already built it, we can make those customizations for one-third at least of the price of what it would cost to customize a WordPress website from the very beginning. So I'm very excited about that. If you guys have any questions about it, feel free to email me. It's Tim, T-I-M at Stasi.com. I'm really excited to get that going. I know it's going to provide tremendous value. So today we have a business-minded podcast. I the, the more podcasts I do, the more and more I think I'm going to stick to the online business, marketing, entrepreneurship type category. Um, I'm definitely excited to get interviews done. I'm definitely excited to talk about health and wellness and uh, some other of the interests that I have. But I feel that I provide the most value to other people's lives with this one particular skill set that I have. And on that note, I am going to break down the exact five-step process that I've used multiple, multiple times to create my own 
online business. And when I say create, I don't mean just build something. I mean, build it, grow it, and turn it into a profitable entity, something that actually produces revenue and produces more money than it spends. That's what that's what a successful business is. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, creating a side hobby. You know, we're not talking about something that is like fun that you do on the side or maybe you do with, with some of your friends and, and you talk about it and you joke around. No, we're talking about making a business. Let's make sure we get off on the right foot there because there's a, a big distinction between a hobby and a business. Now, this, I'm not going to go too deep into the technicalities, meaning the specific skill sets. This is going to be more of a, um, taking a step back and looking at maybe the, the bigger type philosophies, which have allowed me and my partners and my companies to all do really well. I know that this works. I know it works because I've done it with myself. And I know that you can take these principles and you can apply them to your own life. Do you want to start something on your own? Do you have an idea that you wanted to run with and you just were never really sure what to do? You didn't know where to get started. This podcast is going to help you with that. This is really for you. If you're somebody that's been running with the idea, you've been toying with the idea of starting your own online business or maybe even your own brick and mortar business and you know that you need uh, some kind of an online presence to uh, drive revenue to that business as well, this is still for you. This isn't going to be for somebody that has a lot of experience. Um, This is all going to, you know, maybe be stuff that you're already very familiar with. But again, if you're thinking about taking the plunge, if you're thinking about starting your own online business, this is a five-step process, which I've used over and over again. And it works. So let's just get started. Step number one. You got to find your passion. And I'm not saying that your business has to be your really like your gut. The only thing that you think of passion where it it's like the, the thing that you live for and you breathe for. What I am saying is that if you're not passionate about what it is that you're trying to do, you're going to fail. In my own experience, every single business I've ever started that I wasn't really passionate about, it failed because I just, I lost the energy. I lost the desire to go ahead and do it. It's really important. Again, I'm not, this isn't like, this isn't one of those things where it's like a burning desire inside your gut. You can't, it's all you can think about. It doesn't necessarily have to be at that level, but if you have no interest in it and you see a business idea that could potentially be a good money maker, but it does nothing for you creatively. I would be very, very cautious about going forth with that idea because it's just, it's just not going to work. Now there's a distinction there. I've done things where the process of growing the business, I was very passionate about. I'll give you a perfect example. I own a website called bocadigest.com. It's just a lifestyle type magazine site about Boca Raton. Uh, I'll write an article and a newsletter and I send it out to the email list. And I, I basically keep the population of Boca Raton, Florida, which is where I live. I keep them kind of informed with some of the cool stuff that's going around. I got to be honest. I'm not really all that excited about the stuff that goes on in Boca. Boca. 
but I am excited about the community aspect of what I'm doing. There's passion in there for me. The idea of growing it and building a following and keeping people engaged and entertained, I really enjoy that. I enjoy the emails with you know some of the nightclubs or maybe the, the local coffee shops and seeing what kind of deals they got going on and, and networking with all of them. That, that is a process that I thoroughly enjoy. But as far as like the nightlife of Boca, eh, I don't know how passionate I am about that. But it doesn't matter because there's something in there that keeps me going. There's something in there which drives me enough so that I do the work when nobody else is watching me. When there's nothing on the other side of that work other than just the desire to make it a little bit better every day. And if you don't have that, I'm telling you right now, I'm not trying to be super like heady and motivational and tell you to follow your passion and to like, you know, go for your dreams. There's a, there's a big difference between seeking an opportunity and like having a, a dream that you're just blindly going towards. But if you don't have at least some level of passion towards whatever it is that you're pursuing, you're going to fail. You have to have it there somewhere. You have to be able to dedicate yourself. And if you don't have that, it's going to be very, very tough to work on this business day in and day out. So on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to break down a couple different categories on what an online business can look like. So somewhere in here, there has to be something that, that gets you going. Category number one, selling a physical product, an e-commerce store. You know, the, the real typical example is selling t-shirts. You guys all know about my, my t-shirt line. It's a lot of fun, but it's a physical product. So somebody pays for it. And then you actually have something you can hold in your hand and you, you put a shipping label on it. Category number two is selling a digital product. So that could be something like an ebook. That could be something like an online course. Something where there's still a transaction in exchange for an item, but the product itself is, is digital. It's just a bunch of files that you can either download or you can email or you can uh, you know get some kind of log in through a paywall and get access to that information. Category number three is selling a service. A good example of that is Stadzi Media. Stadzi Media is my online marketing agency. And we sell, we exchange money, we, we make transactions, which is money in exchange for our time to do a particular service. In this case, online marketing, usually in the form of SEO and content marketing. Category number four selling advertisement. Generally speaking, advertisement comes in banner ads. However, that is something that is like getting pretty outdated. Um, advertisement comes in a lot of different forms. My personal preference with this, this is what I do with Boca Digest and BuzzFeed.com well, was really a pioneer with this. They do what's called native advertising where you're not selling a banner ad. You're not selling something like a commercial or something that's like a video pop-up that ruins your online experience. The content itself is an advertisement. So what they do, and this is just an example off the top of my head, it could be like six different ways that so-and-so did her makeup. And then as you're reading it, you notice that the entire uh, piece of content is 
sort of like a real subliminal ad for some kind of makeup company. That is native advertisement. Um, that is my preference to do that. So generally speaking, once you find what it is that you're passionate about, you have to break it down into one of those four categories to figure out how exactly you can take that passion and you can make money from it. Step number two, you got to build a website. This might sound like common sense at first, but let me tell you why this is so important. In today's world, and I've ranted about this over and over again, and I've written articles and I've done podcasts, and um, I'll leave some of the articles that I've done in the show notes as to why I feel that this is so important. But in today's world with social media, too many people, especially young people, are making the mistake of thinking that creating a social media following is the same thing as creating a business. That is not true. And I'll tell you why a website itself is so much more important than having, you know, say just a Facebook page or an Instagram page with a big following. You will own your website. That intellectual property is yours. You created it, you own the domain, you pay for the hosting. So that way if Facebook or Instagram or Google or anybody changes the way that their platforms work, it's not going to affect you because you haven't taken your content, your intellectual property, and essentially given it to them. Every time you post something on Facebook, Facebook owns that property. You don't own it. Facebook owns it. It's on their platform. So never ever build your brand excuse me, on a social media platform. You have to build it on a website. Now, granted, social media can be a very, very valuable tool. It can be a very valuable tool in growing your brand and bringing traffic to your website. But your website should always be where your transactions occur. You don't want to sell things through Instagram. I mean, you you can. Excuse me, let me take that back. You can sell products through Instagram. However, Make sure that you always have your home base, your foundation. So that's why having a website is so important. We're going to break down a couple uh, website platforms, and these are going to kind of coincide with the four different businesses uh, categories that I just talked about. So number one, e-commerce sites. An e-commerce site is usually the most difficult kind of site to build. However, You can go to Shopify, shopify shopify.com, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y, and you can build a website on that platform. They're going to charge you like 30-something bucks a month. You can hook directly up to Stripe, which is a merchant, so you can actually process the payments. Um, You're going to see some real limitations with that. However, it's going to get the job done, and it's going to be effective and efficient, and it's going to look really good. All of the functionality required for an e-commerce site comes with Shopify. So what does that mean? It means having a merchant account. It means being able to send tracking information and hooking hooking the website right up with USPS or whatever kind of uh, shipping company you want to use. It's a great company. I'm a big fan of Shopify. Um, New Life Clothing is on the Shopify platform. And if you're going to start with an e-commerce business, I would 100% recommend putting it on that platform. Number two is a business website. Usually this has to do with selling some kind of a service. 
A good example, again, Stodzy Media, my agency, that's a business website. A lead generation type website. Lead gen is a very, very good business model if you can get through some of the competition. So there's lead generation and all types of things, mortgages, um, diabetic supplies are a, a, an industry that I've been involved with, with lead generation. Health insurance is an obvious one. Um, you, the, the reason why I like lead gen businesses is because the, the options are virtually endless. If you find any kind of business model, you know that there's a company out there that's willing to pay for leads pay for phone calls, pay for foreign leads of some kind. What you have to do is position yourself to become an expert in that industry so that you can get the traffic and then essentially relay that traffic to somebody that's willing to buy from it. A membership website. I'm also a big fan of membership websites. It's been kind of a dream of mine to have a membership site. I've thought about turning timstods.com into a membership site but i've i never have so what does that mean a membership site simply requires a login it means that there is information on what we call the front end and then there's information which is on the back end of the site so once you log in you are privy to certain information that other people aren't all social media sites are basically membership sites um maz copy blogger amazon is a membership site anything that requires a login um you can bill people monthly for being a part of for being a member on the site you can give special information so you can say give webinars to members uh you can drip special content you can give vip credentials you can do all types of stuff if you can build a loyal audience, a membership site is a super profitable and super super um, consistent business model to have because your members are always going to stick with you as long as you treat them right. Finally, there's the magazine or advertising sites. Uh, I don't think I need to explain that too much anymore. So now that we found something that you're passionate about, we discovered the best way to turn that passion into a business through the different kind of categories of websites that we just went through. The next step is to actually build the website. So again, I'm not the biggest fan of Wix and Squarespace. I believe in my humble opinion that there's some real limitations towards them. However, if you need to get started, using one of those is better than just doing nothing. So go to Wix, go to Squarespace, get a website going, get your brand going, get a blog going, get your face on a homepage and talk about some of your services. I think that WordPress is by far the superior platform. Stodzy Themes, which I just talked about, is a great, great example and a, a great option for somebody that's kind of in the middle. You don't want to build a custom website, but you want something a little bit more profound than Wix or Squarespace. Stasi Themes is a great option. There's also other theme, there's also, there's also companies that build themes and sell them. Um, Studiopress.com is a great place to buy a WordPress theme. Timstods.com is built from a Studiopress.com website. Uh, excuse me, a Studiopress.com theme. 
Um, Studio Press is great because they give step-by-step directions on how to actually put the pieces together once you've purchased the theme. So that's a little bit different than Stodzy themes in the avenue that when you just buy the theme, you're still responsible for taking that theme and uploading it onto the World Wide Web and putting the pages together and putting the content together. Again, Shopify and e-commerce, those are also themes, except they're billed a little bit differently. With Shopify, you essentially, you pay Shopify a monthly premium for being able to use their platform. I think it's usually around 30 or 40 bucks, and then there's all different types of add-ons, you know, for like some applications, like email applications, and maybe some uh, abandoned shopping cart type tools. They're going to get their money, but as long as you're selling products, it's worth it. Some important things to remember about building a website. Minimalism is important. Remember, your website is about clarity of message. It's not about putting as much stuff out there as possible. It's about telling your user exactly what it is that you can do to help them and why they should pay you to do that. Once you build your website, you should start looking into sales funnels. Um, this is a little bit complicated and I think I'm going to make a podcast just about sales funnels in general because they're very important, but essentially a sales funnel is bringing your users through an experience, which can at the top sort of make the problem that they have known, give them some solutions. Next step down the funnel is tell them exactly how they can solve their problem. And then the final step is obviously making a purchase. So it's, it's basically a storyboard that you've put together, uh, which can convert your users into paying customers, paying customers or clients. Also understanding call to action is very important when building your website. You got to close the deal. The same thing is, which makes a, a successful sales rep. It's that final minute in a conversation. There's tons of sales reps in the world that can have great conversations and and can get people interested, right? But what is every business looking for in a sales rep? They're looking for a closer. Your call to action is essentially your close. You need to tell people exactly what to do, how to do it, where they can do it at, and you need to do it in as few steps as possible so that you don't get in the way of the transaction. Again, all of this stuff, I'm more than happy to talk to you in more detail. Email me, tim at stasi.com. So just to recap, you need a website because you need to own your intellectual property. You need to decide which kind of website that you need. And when designing and building that website, you need to be very, very mindful of a few design elements, which are going to have a huge impact on your conversion. Step three. Build an audience. We're going to tell a little story. Our story's main character's name is James. And James has spent months and months and tons of money on building a new kitchen product. And he basically runs through his entire budget on getting the project, the product built and manufactured and getting the specs and getting the copyrights to it. But now James is very, very happy. He's very proud of himself because he has a prototype. He has an actual physical product that he can sell. The problem is James has nobody to sell this product to. 
that is why building an audience is quintessential in a successful business. Now, let me take a step back from that. If James has the money, he can build his product first, and then he can spend all that money on advertising and hopefully sell his products that way. That is not the way that I've done it. I've always taken a more patient and a more uh, long-term approach. I don't like to spend money on advertising. I hardly, hardly ever do it. I've spent maybe maybe 30 or 40,000 bucks on Facebook advertising for everything I've ever done combined over the last six years, which isn't really a whole lot. I know it sounds like a lot, but in comparison, it's not really a whole lot. I've always been able to make sales by building an audience. It's way, way easier to sell a product or service to an engaged audience. That is why building an audience is step number three. After you've built your website, you know that you're set up for conversion. The thing you do is you start creating an audience. So how do you do that? Value, value, value. You create content. You do exactly what I'm doing right now. You find a way to add value in people's lives so that they tune into you, so that they want to hear more about what you have to say. You can do this over the course of months, years almost. I know a lot of really, really great, super successful media platforms that, had, that did nothing but just create media and create a show before they ever got to the point where they started actually making a business out of it. But the audience itself is the business. So you see how having an audience gives you a ton of options. You can basically listen to your audience. You can find out exactly what it is that they want and you can just make it for them. That happens more often than not. But regardless, in order to build an audience, the thing you have to do is to create content. So let's break content down into the four different types. It's very simple. Content can either be the written word, it can be video, it can be audio, or it can be pictures. The written word is my favorite form of content, and it is for two reasons. One, well, three. One, just because I'm naturally a writer. I feel more comfortable writing than I do anything else. Two, because written language is way more effective than you realize on convincing people to do things. Copywriting is such a skill and such an art form and is so freaking valuable. If you can take the time to study how to really write copy, how to use words to persuade people to act, man, you can, you can really, really be very, very successful in whatever your definition of the word is. In this particular instance, I'm talking about growing a business and making money. The other reason why I like the written word is because um, I like SEO. I like ranking my websites in the search engines because of the higher conversion rates that come from search traffic rather than social media traffic. In order for Google to rank your website high, there needs to actually be words on that website. I can get into more of an SEO type podcast later. For now, just understand that like Google needs words. And if you have words and you have really valuable content on a page, that's a great way to drive traffic to your website. Number two, video. 
people are watching more and more video these days. This is directly because of the mobile device. Obviously, YouTube is like just a killer platform. Out of all the video content, I think YouTube content is the best because they're, the subscribers for YouTube seem to be the most engaged. But video is everywhere. So keep in mind, Instagram videos, Snapchat, something like a live streaming video like Periscope or Twitch or Facebook, of course. All of these video platforms are fantastic and value can come in a lot of different ways. You can make instructional videos, you can make funny videos, you can just make entertaining videos. The point is that you're using this content to build an audience. Up next is audio. The rise of podcasts have created a huge disruption in the audio entertainment industry and it's because audio is now on demand. So just like I'm doing right now, making a podcast, making some valuable content for all of you to listen to, you can do that for your audience in whatever industry that you have interest and expertise in. Creating a podcast has never been easier. You will need some equipment. You will need some technical knowledge. Again, I can help you with all of that. Tim at Stodzy, T-I-M at stodzy.com. Ask me any questions you want. I can tell you exactly what kind of equipment I use. I can tell you how, how I record it. When I started recording podcasts, no shit guys, I've recorded it on my iPhone. I put my headphones on, I got this audio recording app and I would walk around my living room and I would just talk into the microphone on my headphones. It doesn't have to be like a super, super high production podcast to be effective and to grow an audience. As you grow and as you get better, you can up your, produ your production value, but you got to get started. Audio is great. Podcasts are huge and they're only growing. And they catch people at a very opportune time, which is in transit. When they can't watch a video, when they can't read something, they're sitting in their car, they're working out, maybe they're walking to the grocery store and you're just in their ears and in their minds. Finally, the last form of content is images. So this could be infographs. This could be photography. This could be cat memes. Obviously, Instagram is the platform that comes to mind when you think of image content. Image content is so used and there's so many pictures floating around that it's my least favorite for a couple of reasons. One, I'm just not a very good photographer. And two, just because I... I don't know. I don't really enjoy looking at pictures as much as I enjoy listening to podcasts or reading articles or, or watching a video. Regardless, if you can get, if you can create good image content, you can build a huge following. There's such a market for that and it's very, very effective. Okay. So we've broken down the four types of content. Now for the absolute most important part is content promotion. By far, without even a close second, the biggest mistake I see young people making when trying to build an audience is they just keep making more and more content and nobody ever sees it. So they think to themselves, if I just keep doing it and I keep doing it, eventually somebody's got to stumble across it, right? No, wrong, totally wrong. Here is the step-by-step -step sequence I use to build an audience through content. 
Step one, you take the content, you post it on social media. Step two, you engage with people on social media. So what does that mean? You reply to their co- their comments. You invite your audience to email you and you speak to them directly. Uh, if you're on Snapchat, maybe you reply to their snaps. You shake hands with people after an event and you get them going to your social media. Finally, you also put a little bit of money behind that content. Facebook has a great option. It's called Boost. So you can post an article or a picture or a video and you can hit the little boost button. You can put $5 behind it. Five bucks. You're going to extend the reach of that piece of content to hundreds and hundreds of people. The idea... Now remember, this is where it all comes full circle. The idea is to bring those people back to your website through social media so that you can collect their email address. Again, you will own your email list. If you have a huge social media following and all of a sudden Facebook, if you have a huge Facebook following and all of a sudden Facebook changes their algorithm, there's nothing you can do about it. You have no control, but you always have control of your email list. That is why I'm a huge advocate for building email lists. So it's very simple. You use social media as the tool to spread your content. You use your website as the tool to convert your content into an actual audience member through email. Email is still the highest performer for selling. If you're selling a product, if you're selling a service, you're gonna make way more conversions sending out an email blast, telling people about a a new service that you provide. And the reason why is because people are generally protective of their email addresses. Just think about how pissed off you all get when somebody sends you an email from an email list that you didn't sign up for. You immediately unsubscribe, you scroll right to the bottom. A lot of times I even reply to them and I say like, I never subscribed to your email newsletter, stop spamming me. But if you opted into an email, that means that you, you're interested in what they have to say. You know, for instance, I get an email, I get all the emails from Express, the clothing brand. I'm tall and I'm pretty lean and their clothes, they have a slim fit and they always fit me and it's great. So anytime they have a sale or they have a new product, I want to hear about that. That's a perfect example of me being an engaged audience member to a brand or a business. And if you can get people to opt in to your email list, they're going to continue to be engaged. Content is big. Establishing an audience through content is is a, a big concept and it's an important concept to understand. If any of that kind of got by you, um, please rewind about 10 minutes and listen to this. Uh, you can also go to the guide on my website, timstods.com. <clears throat> All that information will be on there as well. So step four, monetize your website. Finally, We're finally making money after all that. Can you believe it? But remember what happened before. Remember how Steve built his kitchen product and he didn't have an audience to sell it to. So he spent all of his money and he didn't make any of his money. This strategy, this, these principles that I've put together are going to require some patience and they're going to require some upfront work without an immediate return. But now you have a website, you have a brand, you have your system set in place 
to build an audience through content? How much easier could it possibly be to sell your products or services? Your audience is already engaged. They already like what you have to say. So what are our options here? Option one, we could sell advertising. This is usually people's first go-to because it's the easiest. Um, If you've never developed a product before, if you've never really put together services before, I'm a fan of this. Get started. Start making some money. Sell advertising. put Put some ads on your site. Google AdWords is always there, but Google AdWords pays awful, awful rates. Uh, If you could, sell an ad to an actual business. Uh, You'll be able to charge them more money and they will probably get more value out of it because custom-made ads always work better. Option two, sell products. We've already went through this a couple of times, but let's just break it down one more time. Sell e-commerce products. So sell physical products on your website. Sell e-commerce products. Sell ebooks, webinars, SaaS products. Anything that doesn't require a shipping label. Membership sites. All of these are examples of software products. Spotify, Gusto Payroll, online tools. All of these can be de- can be digital products. Option three, my personal favorite, sell a service. Um, Selling a service can be very challenging because you have to deal with clients. However, I find that to be kind of a a skill of mine. So I enjoy working with people and working with them directly. But you don't have to be a marketing company like me. You could be a real estate agent, a lawyer, an accountant. You can be a restaurant. You can have a, a... open your own gym or maybe start a personal training business. You can be an insurance broker, a financial advisor, whatever. All of these service-based businesses can benefit from this exact process that I've already put together. Option four, again, you can sell data and you can sell leads. This is a complicated method, but if you do it right, it's extremely effective and it's also um, the best way to earn passive income. Because once you can build a lead gen machine, it generally can run itself and you don't have to work on it too much. I love selling leads. By far my favorite. Also, the most stressful because it takes a ton of work up front. Um, Option five is a directory site. Boca Digest. Again, this is another perfect example of what I'm talking about. I just recently, last week, put a restaurant directory on bocadigest.com. So from uh, last weekend on, I'm selling directory listings to restaurants in Boca Raton. They will gladly pay a yearly fee to be listed because I found something I was passionate about. I created a website. I built an audience by making content. Now I have an audience and I can sell directory listings because I'm providing value to the restaurants because now they can get in front of my audience. See how this all works. And finally, the last option is, you know what? Get creative. I found a ton of really cool people making money from an online business, things that you wouldn't even think of. I, I know of a travel blogger who uh, 
gets paid to write reviews on traveling equipment and hiking equipment. And basically, companies just give him products for free so that as he climbs like another mountain or goes on another adventure, he can write an honest review on that product. Um, if you have an audience, people are going to pay you to do stuff. There's, there's no, you can really control your own destiny as long as you have an audience. The options are limitless. Get creative. If you don't have an idea or if you have an idea for a business and you're not necessarily sure how to turn that idea into a company, reach out to me. We can brainstorm. We can shoot the shit. We'll find something for you. Finally, the next step seems like the most common sense step, but it's the step which if you screw up will create misery in your life. Step five is work on the business, not in the business. Before I get started, I want everybody to know that I didn't come up with this step myself. I read the book called The E-Myth. I believe it's by a man named Michael Gerber. Basically, what this step includes is getting out of your own way. Let's say you open a bakery and you created a website and you made a Google business listing and people are coming in and they're buying your cakes and it's great, but you could never get out of the business to work on the business. You had to stay in the business. So you're in every day baking cakes you don't have any time to scale. Step five is to get out of the ins and outs of the business, hire somebody, put paperwork and uh, manuals in place so that whoever comes in has step-by-step directions on how to adequately do their job exactly the way that you want it done. And then over time, move on to the next thing, which is going to help scale the business. So maybe now that you're not baking cakes anymore, you can spend more time on the marketing. That's great. Once your revenue is increasing because of your work on on the business itself, you can hire somebody to do the marketing for you. Now maybe you've moved on to the accounting. Now you can hire somebody to do the accounting for you. Now you have a business that's running itself because you've put the manuals and the sequences and the systems in place for it to do so. Now you have time to open another bakery. You see the difference? If you didn't actually get out of your own way, you would have been in your one bakery baking cakes 12 hours a day. And this dream that you had of having your own business and having your own bakery quickly turns into a drag because you're working too much, you're not making enough money, and what you thought it was going to be, you, you started your own business to have freedom and to have control of your time and control of your emotions and be able to spend time with your family. You can't do that because you're baking cakes all day. So instead of going into detail about how I've done this, well, I will go into a little bit more detail, but what I'm going to do is tell you by the E-Myth Revisited. I'm almost positive it's by Michael Gerber. I can look that. I can look it up right now. The E-Myth. Revisits it. Man, I'm an awful typer. <clears throat> um, sorry, guys. Hold, please. Yes, Michael E. Gerber. I'm going to put a link to that book, uh, an Amazon link to that book in the show notes to this as well. 
you have to see why that is so important. Building systems so that you can constantly replace yourself is the difference between scaling a company that is going to provide you freedom and being bogged down by a company that is going to literally control your life. You have to do it. You absolutely have to. All right, guys. We got through it. That was by far the most in-depth podcast I think I've done so far. I tried my best to explain it in a chronological order. I tried my best to explain why each one of these steps is so important. You can't do one unless you finish the one before it. This requires patience, guys. This is not an advertising model. Again, there's other ways to do this. My process is not the only process. If Steve created his kitchen product and he still had $100,000 to spend on advertising, then he could have easily done it that way and not done it my way. But I, one, I enjoy the process of building an audience. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm good at it. It's why I'm good at my job. But two, I also just enjoy it because it's more organic. And I know that what I've built is going to stick with me for a long time. I know that if I have an audience, that audience is engaged to what I'm saying and they're going to follow me as opposed to with an advertising model where the second I shut off that advertising, it's gone. The faucet has run dry. I don't like being dependent on advertising. I like being in control. I'm a control freak. (laughs) What do you want me to say? I like having control of my future. And with this process, you will be able to do that. One final time, guys, if you have any questions, email me, Tim, T-I-M, at Stodzy, S-T-O-D-Z-Y dot com. Please, if you got through this whole 45 minutes of this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a rating. I'm going to break, looks like 1,100 downloads this month, which is a, a record for me. I'm very excited about it. Again, I know I thank you guys every time, but thank you for the kind words and for the emails that you've sent me um, about the value that you've got out of these podcasts and the articles and the videos that I do. TimStods.com has become a, a real passion and a real um, a real enjoyment of my life. And I, I've appreciated every second and I've appreciated every kind word that I've received from you. So if you could just do me that favor, hit subscribe leave a rating. Those two factors are basically the biggest factors in uh, Apple's algorithm for getting new podcasts, some extra exposure through iTunes. So it really mean a lot to me. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody continues to enjoy your weekend. I look forward to speaking to you guys next week. Talk to you later. Peace out.